Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Orchid Bloom's podcast. Welcome back, bloomers. My name is Orchid Brown, and I'm your host with Orchid Bloom's podcast. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Orchid Eye Brown. For today's episode, we will be discussing fear of success. Most of us feel as though we are rolling the dice on our future. We sacrifice our time, our energy, our opportunities, oftentimes our savings, all for the chance of being successful in the world. Due to all of this, I feel success comes at a price. Failure can derail your entire life. The fear can be paralyzing. There is a famous quote by Les Brown. His full name is Leslie Calvin Brown. He is an American politician and motivational speaker. And this is a quote that I truly connected to when I first heard it. And I wanted to share it with you for this podcast episode. The quote begins by saying, The graveyard is the richest place on earth because it is here that you will find all the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled, the books that were never written, the song that were never sung, the inventions that were never shared, the cures that were never discovered, all because someone was too afraid to take the first step, keep with the problem, or determine to carry out their dreams. And this quote really spoke to me because this is the perfect description of humanity and how we have allowed fear to prevent us from pursuing our dreams. So I felt that this quote truly connected to the topic that we are going to be discussing today on fear of success. When I think of fear of success, that quote comes to mind. It is a very sad quote in my opinion, but you understand from listening to it that a lot of people prioritize everything over accomplishing their ambition in life. Something is always coming up or it's all in your head. Some people struggle with victim mentality and can never move forward. They they come up with different ideas after different ideas claiming they are passionate and switch as though it was nothing. They begin again. Sometimes you wonder if they change to a different passion to renew the attention or validation, which leads you to think that this isn't really their dream. This isn't really your dream. If you can keep switching up and coming up with different ideas, it just means that I feel that it just means that you don't really have an identity. And so you're trying to figure out who you are. So you're jumping from ideas to ideas, but at the same time, you won't pursue that idea that you thought of for yourself because you are holding yourself back. We have heard of many stories where people would get their ideas stolen, books, songs, cures, inventions, all because the creator did not know how to make their dreams come true. They did not understand the business side of putting forward uh, a book, a song, or an idea in any way. And mind you, I've had that problem in my past. And to this day, I'm not sure if I figured it out, but I am doing this on my own. So of course, it's going to take a bit longer for me to figure things out. So someone comes along after hearing this brilliant idea, book, song, cure, invention, 
and they steal it. They take that dream away from that person because they didn't feel that the person who came up with any of those brilliant things had the stamina to go all the way. So they took it, ran with it, and reaped all the glory and success. All because someone had the tenacity to do it. They can't replicate it again, so they hire people with ideas, creativity, and problem solving to generate consistent profit, profitable ideas and pay them peanuts to own them. These people's mind belong to that organization. They sold their dreams for a paycheck that you live off of. Living paycheck to paycheck is not a life, but people will choose that life. That is their only option. The system is not created for everyone to accomplish their dreams. Sometimes you have to choose to be owned like property just to see your dreams come true under someone else's name. There are so many ways to limit ourselves in this world and then there are those that create barriers and they gatekeep to limit your level of success so that they will always have a hand in it and they will somehow profit off people because let's be real humanity people we are the ultimate resource the ultimate resource we are the most creative human beings in the world we can come up with such great solutions that people would spend thousands of dollars on just so they can duplicate it and mass produce it to make themselves billions of dollars but if you are a small person and you just don't have that backing someone that is supporting you someone that's going to give you this these ideas for free you're fucked i don't know how else to say it you're fucked and it could be your family member that's stealing from you. It could be a friend. It could be someone that you you went into a business to try to sell an idea and they pay you peanuts and make billions off of it. And a good example that actually reminded me of this for when I was writing this podcast episode is that I was watching this Netflix show called um, Usher. I have only on the second episode or was it the fourth episode? I'm not really sure. I feel like every episode is like a movie. So I can't really keep up. I don't even remember the the episode ending and transitioning to the new one because maybe I'm a type of person that likes to clean and like organize while I'm watching something. So I won't remember the introduction, but I believe it's Usher. Uh, something to do with the fall of the house of Usher. I hope that is the correct term. I don't remember it or the correct name. But in this in this show, um, which people are talking about and they said it was good. And I was like, mm, OK, I'll watch it since people are saying it's so good. It's so good. Did you watch Midnight Mass? And I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> so I guess I'm going to have to watch Midnight Mass. But in one of the episodes in this show, the main character, which is like the head and he is the, the usher, like Mr. Usher. He, when he was younger, he went into this business and he brought this drug to this business owner. And when he, he sold the business owner and the drug, even though the business owner basically had him walk away feeling like he did not, he did not um, sell it to him. And he basically discouraged this guy by saying to him that, you know, it's not really a good idea. It's going to cost too much money. And he was like, well, actually, if you develop it properly, you can actually make billions from it. And the guy's like, mm, I don't think we're going to go into that business. Anyways, he ended up leaving that office with nothing in hand and completely disappointed and defeated. And then he came back to work only to find out that 
this man, while he was asking questions like, who's the developer of this product? He should have kept his mouth shut. He basically gave him all the answers he needed to hunt down the person who was creating this drug, this lie to sell to people to get them addicted. Um, and basically had him sign a contract where he would distribute or that company would distribute this drug to the world. And when he found out about it, he stormed into the office and he said he couldn't believe that he did this, basically cut him out. And so he sat there at the desk and basically told the main character that in, in so much words, you just didn't have the stamina. If you really want to be in this world, you're going to have to be cutthroat. And this Mr. Usher guy, he's a kind-hearted person. He always tries to do his, his best, and he tries to work at it. He lives in a one-bedroom apartment where him and his wife sleep in the same room with their two kids. And he's poor. And here he is having a bully basically tell him that he just didn't have the stamina and he doesn't have the backing, look at the way you dress, all of this type of stuff, and basically tore him down, offered him $500 you know to to make him feel better gave him a raise and told him you know he can he can be in a cubicle somewhere and if he does a good job and if he keeps bringing in ideas like this he might he might be able to get to the 10th floor and i thought to myself holy shit as i'm writing the podcast episode here's this show talking about exactly what i am trying to say but, you know, this also goes back to the idea that my my mother had shared with me that, you know, there are prey and then there are predators. I Again, I still don't feel that predator is the correct term to use for that. But uh, in this case, this gentleman was a predator and preyed on this this young man who had an idealistic view of the world and thought that if he just used his own brain and his own hands to build something for himself and make something of himself that he would succeed and this man was put in his way to derail him and to put him down but i don't i i feel based on what i i have seen thus far he definitely learned from that and turned into someone completely the opposite of himself and some tragedy happened because it is kind of like a horror a horror series but anyways so if you haven't watched the fall of the house of usher you should definitely watch it um i i again i'm still on on episode four i think it's episode four i'm not sure um but it it's quite interesting it really really just kind of reminded me of of what people have experience out there in the world that would make them feel defeated and then they pass on that fear to their kids and it pass on to the friends and it goes down through generations and mind you this 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 is this is type of situation that happened in the past a lot there are people with power and then there are people without and the people without power can only be successful as long as they do it under this person's name as long as they accept the little peanuts that they give them to bring them brilliant ideas that will make them billionaires they will constantly have a job not realizing that you've just signed up to sell your soul and you 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 accepted it but anywho before i waste this podcast episode talking about uh, something that i was reminded of through a netflix show let's continue with uh, the topic so forbes came out with an article called top 10 reason you have a fear of success you can go read this article for yourself if you're interested um, but i will be covering the points in this podcast episode so the first point is that fear of losing yourself 
And this is a kind of a conversation that my brother and I had uh, when I was discussing writing this podcast episode because I asked some of my family members um, what they thought about fear of success and if they had fear of success and if they did have fear of success, what would it be? And he was the one that mentioned that you know fear of losing himself like what if he gets rich and he turns into something else so i thought it was really funny that forbes has this 10 reasons list here and the first point was something that my brother had brought up so fear of losing yourself fear that being successful or earning a lot of money will inflate your ego and turn you into a different person your success might change you and that is a fear that a lot of people might have because you see on television, you see in real life how different people are once they start to succeed in life. And so they don't want to be those people. But for me personally, if you're going to be successful, yes, you are going to change. You're going to see life a little bit differently. You're going to see people a little bit differently. So I don't know where the negative connotation came from when or in regards to to you know losing yourself it's it's i don't feel like you're losing yourself you've just grown as a person and the things that that you valued or you held that held you back before is no longer present in your life so it's almost like you, you you've reached a new level and you're just not there anymore i don't a lot of people confuse arrogance with ego. You might have be arrogant because you worked your ass off and you got to where you needed to be. You're successful and you feel like you deserve the praise for that. But a lot of people, especially if they have a poverty mindset or they're in a situation where they're not succeeding, could feel that you are being a bad person by rubbing it into their face your success or flaunting it in front of them so this is all in their mind as far as i'm concerned but this is a real fear for a lot of people like they don't want to be successful because they don't want to be the people they judge for their success the second point is fear of backlash the potential social and economical backlash even relationship repercussions is attributed to fear of success. The example Forbes used was women may avoid self-promotion because they fear it does not align with traditional gender roles. It was nice of them to make it female-focused, but my audience are a mix of men and women, so I, I, I will accept their example but i will also add a personal example i would use um you know fall out with a family member or friends as an example the fear of fallout instead of you know fear of backlash in my opinion and the reason why i would change it to that um, because again, potential social and economic, economical fallout, especially in relationships, you know, with family or friends or even a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a marriage, anything like that. And there are so many examples of this happening to so many people. So I feel as though fear of fallout would be a really good title. The example that I would use is that they start to treat you or perceive you differently. The fact that you may 
have to let them go when that time comes due to their jealousy, envy. They may come to resent you for your success because they are your biggest haters. That is what I thought of when I read Fear of Backlash. It's more a fear of fallout. Most of the people that hate your guts are sometimes the closest to you. And it's so sad when you hear stories of people being backstabbed by friend, loved ones, or someone they're in a relationship with. And so a lot of people fear that. They don't want the people that they hold so dear and close to their heart to turn against them because they see you as successful. The third on the list is fear of not being good enough. Sometimes people who experience success are afraid that they are not as good as others or other people in their field. They may fear that they won't live up to expectations or that others will discover that they aren't up for the challenge. This is referred to as imposter syndrome, which involves feeling of self-doubt that persists despite your education, experience, and accomplishment. While others praise your talents, you write off your triumphs to timing and luck. Now, I can relate to this because I do sometimes feel like I'm not good enough. And this is definitely one of the things that I would add to my list that contribute to my fear of success. It's, can I maintain it? Can I keep it going? If I start to do something right, can I consistently do that? We put so much pressure on ourselves to be robots, basically, that never makes mistakes and that error is not possible, which is that perfection nature or perfectionist nature that we tend to develop when we think of success. But sometimes people stumble on success by accident and they're doing it just just by being themselves. So why should I even think that way about myself? But we do. We even have situations where people would go into into relationships with another and start to feel like they're not good enough so they self-sabotage that relationship. And that relationship does not flourish into a, a successful one because they felt that they were not good enough for that person, for that job, for that thing, for for having time to themselves. People just treat ourselves poorly. Even when we love ourselves and we know we're worthy, we still have in the back of our minds, we're not good enough. That people are going to find out that we're imposters and that we are, are not as good as we, we think we are. Unfortunately, we're sitting here giving our energy to an idea that somebody is going to find us out when really at the end of the day, you're experiencing success. Just accept it. Just accept it, live in it, breathe it, bathe in it, enjoy it. And if someone is trying to make it seem like you're an imposter, don't take it personal. Get over it. Accept the blessing that you have received. And it had taken me some time to not care what other people think. And that includes my family and my friends. I just, if you have a poor opinion of me, then you're not my friend. If my family has a poor opinion of me, thank you for letting me know you're jealous of me. 
because if you are actually putting the kind of effort that you're putting into judging me into making your dreams come true you wouldn't have time to be sitting here judging me i just don't i just don't take things too personal anymore like i'm not offended if you don't like me i just don't care now i just wanted to share a little bit about the comment that i just made you have to understand i have dedicated years of my life learning to understand myself to value myself to see myself as worthy to me that whatever anyone else has to say it even if they feel that this is true about me i appreciate their assumption and i say thank you for sharing and i move on with my life and choosing peace is one of the most difficult things that anyone can do in in their lifetime I put enough pressure and expectation on myself that I don't really need anyone else's. And so that is why I have dedicated my time to developing myself in that category. When I did the reset and I shared what I was doing in the reset episode, you have to understand it was more of reminding me of who I am and figuring out where I am and where I'm going. And once you know your goal and what you're trying to accomplish, you will then focus on that. And so all of this, all the noise that you're getting from so many people won't affect you anymore. And that is kind of what I'm feeling at this moment. It took years to develop the mindset that I have right now. So I don't want you to feel discouraged like, oh, I'm just not there yet, Orchid. I understand, but understand it took me years to get here, years. And I'm only on point three. <laughs> there's 10, there's 10 points here. So you might, I might come across something where you can say, you know what, I've conquered that fear and I'm going to be so proud of you for that. The fourth point is fear of criticism, which I kind of already covered, but we'll go with it anyways. Many of us have a fear that we will be rejected if we put ourselves out there in any way. This fear holds us back and can lead to denying ourselves critical opportunities that might otherwise lead to happiness and fulfillment. I think I'm just going to leave it at that. It was quite straightforward. I felt that fear of criticism was quite similar to fear of not being good enough or fear of backlash. So in my opinion, that's what I think, but you may not agree. So let's move on. The fifth one is fear of the spotlight. People who are shy and socially awkward may be afraid of succeeding because they do not want to be in the spotlight. This anxiety has become even more persuasive with the proliferation of social media. Social media network is the worst for mental health and well-being. It allows for self-expression. It was also associated with high level of of anxiety, depression, and bullying. Fear of missing out is a factor that plays in social media. Not everyone is meant for the spotlight. That should not hold you back or allow you to be afraid to thrive. 
For me personally, what I fear about the spotlight is my loss of privacy. I love my privacy. I don't want to be harassed. I don't want my time to be demanded by anyone. I associate privacy with freedom. For those whose goal is to be famous, that is their definition of success. The spotlight, cameras in your face, on vacation, someone's watching you. At work, someone's watching you. Everywhere you go, someone wants a glimpse of you. I can't do that. Most people want the fame and the fortune. I just want the fortune, not the fame. Losing my privacy is similar to being caged. I could never understand why people chase that lifestyle. I would have many mental health disorders if I was in the spotlight. I am not really that personal on social media anyways. Like if you were to go and check out any of my social media pages, I'm really not that personal. I try to be maybe once a year and I'm I'm trying to improve in that area, but it's it's very difficult for me to do that. So I'm working on it, but I need a safe space for me. So I fear the spotlight. And so this specific point is something that has held me back for some time. I thought it would have been um, not being good enough because I always beat myself up when I'm not performing at the level that I would like to. But really, I just value my privacy. I don't want anyone to feel that they can demand my time. If it's a me time, it's a me time. I'm not afraid to say no. But if you are famous, you don't have a choice. I sometimes, you know, look through social media whenever I'm bored and see some of these pages where they document. It's almost like a journal, like they use their social media as a journal. With TikTok, you have certain pages that is dedicated to, you know, my cheating ex-husband. You have one other person who has a page where they're documenting their entire family. You know, from the marriage up to having the baby, naming the baby, the gender reveal, and it's like a whole process and they live for this. You know, they, they want everyone to see how beautiful and perfect their family is. And I mean, that's cute and all, but is it realistic? You're not necessarily posting up the fights. You're not necessarily posting up the discomfort that maybe your partner or your kids might feel. Um, you're raising your kids to be social media whores, basically. And I mean, it's it's their prerogative and there's no judgment but I just can't do it. I'm that girl that if I was to get married, you might see a picture, you might get a video, but I am not interested in posting up my kids until they give me permission to put their face on my social media. You know what I mean? So I I understand that this is a business for many. You, you've seen in the news, especially in America with that mom who's basically has abused her kids and now in jail, I forgot her name. She's not that important, but she was like a YouTuber and she lost all her kids. And honestly, everyone's questioning, like, wh- what was the husband's involvement? To this day, I'm still waiting for that. So I'm going to go back on TikTok and hopefully someone documents that, you know, these these news broadcasters on, on TikTok, social media broadcasters. So at the end of the day, when I see all of this, it's, it's not that I couldn't do it. It's just that 
I don't want to. I don't feel comfortable compromising myself and my family. I'm not that girl that's going to have a whole video posting up where I live when I buy a house or take giving you a tour of my house so you know exactly how to get in and get out. I just I'm just not that girl. I love my privacy. Whatever I post on my social media pages, it's maybe something I'm interested in or if I'm doing something fun that I truly enjoy, I'll post about that. But I personally value my privacy. I just don't feel like it's any of y'all's business to know what I'm doing every minute of every freaking day. I don't live on social media. The sixth point is fear of change. As humans, we thrive on routine and we fear anything unknown. Many people struggle in this area, not just in your pursuit of happiness, but relationships. Selecting a partner that is similar to your failed relationship, which a lot of people have done. And this is the reason why I'm throwing this in there. This part was definitely not in a Forbes article. People will continue to choose a toxic partner because it's predictable. You know what you will get. There is no surprises. The abuse is the same. That is comforting. You will always stay in a bad job or position because you're comfortable. The fear of change keeps you there. The toxicity is now a comfort. You are programmed to not be able to live without it. I see this every day when I go to work. Even when I speak to some of my friends, they feel that in this toxic environment, they are thriving and they, they've accepted the abuse and they make this excuse all the time. And I think... I worked for a property management company back in the day and there was this girl, I forgot her name. And uh, we were only making like minimum wage at that time. And she kept saying every single time I see her, which I didn't understand why, I'm like, do you have dementia? You always seem to forget you've already repeated this to me like how many times, but she still kept repeating it to me. But what I didn't realize was that she was dealing with a lot of politics or at least drama, I call it drama, on the back end, but... I was not necessarily associated with that. I come into work, I leave, that's it, I don't care. So every time I saw her, she would always constantly say to me, oh, I really love my job. Um, I would stay at this job forever because it's a great place to work. And I said, but honey, you're poor. And she's like, yes, but even if I was to go to another job that pays better, you know, it's not going to be as great as this one. I just love the people that I work with. And in my mind, I'm like, but girl, you are fighting with the manager constantly. They're trying to get you fired, trying to make you look like you're a bad worker. And here you are trying to stay in a place that you're not wanted. But you're going to keep telling me every single time I see you how much you love your job and how much you love being here. But you're struggling. You know, you're paying your, your rent, but you can't afford to pay for a cab to go get your groceries. You can't even afford to pay for your groceries. And, you know, the only thing that you can do for yourself is to buy weed. And even then, you, you, you hope that your daughter and her boyfriend who grows his own weed comes down and brings you a bag because you can't afford that either. So I'm looking at the scroll and I'm just like, 
she's really comfortable in this toxicity and she's fighting to stay there because she's being rejected so it makes her want to try harder and so whenever i see this and I, I go to different workplaces that i've worked in the past and i've just meet i meet these people and this is how they think and it's like their fear of change their fear that if they were to walk away from this job that they wouldn't find better was so overwhelming it was so overwhelming that they were willing to put up with anything and i mean keep in mind she wasn't truly admitting how this job was taking a toll on her and what she was going through but i kind of figured that out when she always came to work smelling like weed because she's smoking weed and she'll go on lunch break and she'll go home because her home is closed it's like walking distance so she'll go home and she'll supposedly have lunch but she's smoking weed and she'll come back high as a kite and happy as f and i was like okay if you constantly need to medicate yourself to work here, this is not a good environment for you. But she did not realize that. She finally quit like maybe three years later. I had already left at this point and I saw her and I was like, hey, and she's like, oh, I'm leaving. And I'm like, it's about fucking time. That's what I said to her. It's about fucking time. Like, what the hell are you staying here for? You're, you're miserable. She's like, yeah but you're right and it took me a while to kind of figure that out but i'm just not happy in this job and i haven't been happy for a while i said girl you haven't been happy since the beginning you just kept trying to cover it up with this, this denial about how amazing this company is and blah 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 they treat their employees like shit what do you mean i'm like i'm glad you finally got over your fear of change and and choosing yourself your peace for once so i'm not gonna sit here and go oh, i'm so sorry to hear that you're going bitch get the fuck out and she just laughed she just laughed at me because everyone else was like oh don't leave we really want you to stay and i'm like you do understand that they're all being fake right and she's like yeah i know they're all being fake they're just trying to to make me feel better i'm like they're all people pleasers they're lying to your face that's what people pleasers do they say what they're supposed to say in this situation rather than the truth i am so happy for you that you finally got out of this abusive situation that's what i said to her what i really wanted to say was i understand that you jump from abusive relationship to abusive relationship and now you found a job that's giving you the exact same abuse and you're sitting here acting like you love it that's what i wanted to say but i didn't so the problem with that is change is necessary for growth if you try something and fail you will most likely go back to what you knew and i was very scared that i would see her back at that place after a few months literally but if you try something and succeed you suddenly head into an uncharted territories i mean once you get there what you do you do the phrase fake it till you make it makes sense in this situation but you always have to understand that doing that while gaining gaining the knowledge to keep your success consistent is just or even more important fake it till you make it without practice and knowledge and researching is nothing because then you're going to just continue your life faking it till you make it and you wonder why you fear you're not good enough right so 
Um, I do also have a podcast episode called Fake It Till You Make It. So you can definitely go back to like the first year of podcasting where I did that episode and re-listen to it if you haven't listened to it or if you have listened to it and you forgot, go re-listen to it. But the point that I have to to make is that there's certain situations where Fake It Till You Make It is is necessary and then there's other situations where you really don't have to fake it till you make it it's it's not that important i feel after truly sitting down with myself during this reset season that i can finally admit to myself that i struggle with the fear of change i ask myself every day if i accomplish it all could i maintain it that is my fear is getting to that level of success on my journey and not being able to maintain it but I question my resolve basically is what I do I I question it I have the stamina I have the ambition I'm willing to do the work I will put in the damn work and I'm a hard worker but if I was finally there would I freeze up and self-sabotage If I experience defeat would I allow all I have worked for to crumble That's attached to fear of change. If I fall, will I hit rock bottom, which is further down than I am now? That's a risk. So I am too comfortable where I am right now. And I know that. But I'm also not comfortable. But I'm choosing to be comfortable where I am right now. And putting up with the discomfort. But eventually, I'm going to have to make a decision. But I'm afraid of change. I'm afraid that if I take the risk and I fail, I'm going to fall much further down than I am now. Even though it's not in my character to ever stay down, it's still a fear. I sabotage unconsciously and consciously. It's weird. Any excuse to not take that risk, but... In this season of reset, I find that I am pushing myself to to take those risks, to access my fears, to work on seeing these fears for what they really are. They are mountains. They are like stones. I am not happy in my so-called comforts. I'm not. And now I'm forcing myself to admit it. But the fear of moving on or moving up is keeping me from my success. We got to make room for success by realizing that the things that we have currently does not serve us anymore. And we just need to stop being in denial and saying, no, I'm completely happy in this situation. It's like you're in a bad relationship with every fucking area of your life. That is so sad. So number seven is fear of losing friends. I feel as though we've already covered this in backlash, fear of backlash, but I'll quickly go over it and move on to the next one. Fear of losing friends. When we succeed, we grow, and sometimes that means moving on. You potentially outgrow your friends. Ending a friendship can happen for many reasons, but it's not always a bad thing. If what you have is not a true friendship, let go means you are only losing an unhealthy friendship. Once you let go of meaningless connections, you'll be able to focus on the essential things in life. That is very true. And that's the end of number seven. Number eight, fear of working nonstop. 
If you had the career or the business you wanted, most likely you might have to work more hours or at least in the beginning. No one wants to work nonstop, but most people have no choice. I feel fear of working nonstop is is not correct in this category. I feel fear of missing out would be correct with this definition. So I hope you agree, but if you don't, it's fine. Um, It is a burden to lose time with family, watching your kids grow up, those special milestones. We have seen our friends over the years where a parent wasn't there and how that affected them. You can also imagine how that parent feels sacrificing time with their family to work and chasing their desires. Fear of missing out could also extend to single people, missing out on future relationships, having a life, traveling, and such. It can become depressing. Working nonstop, no one wants to feel as though they're missing out on life. Prioritize your time works for many people, but it's easier said than done. I remember that phase on first on social media where there was this saying, you know, living your best life. And I'm not sure if Instagram or influencers decided to come up with this promotional campaign for social media, especially Instagram, where people will post up about the most amazing vacations that they've been on. And people, they get lots of followers if they do that. And people commenting, wishing they could go all these places all over the world. And so there was this phase where people were putting themselves in debt because they wanted to be those social media influencers posting up about all of their wonderful trips with all of their beautiful captions about it on social media. And I remember just seeing it and kind of laughing because they somehow figured out a way to to use social media to get people to number one, post more, but also spend more money to replicate that lifestyle in their own life. I remember going to a work, it was like a contract work, and um, it was for uh, like a credit card company, I believe. And um, I remembered sitting down beside this girl who's talking about how, you know, she's been working nonstop for the entire year trying to save up some money to travel the world or at least Europe. And so I said, oh, wow, that's what all you're saving for? Like, you haven't put anything in the savings for certain things that are important in life? She's like, no. I'm like, what are you planning on doing with your apartment if you're going to travel for a year? She's like, I'm just going to put it up. I'm going to sell all my furniture. I'm going to collect that money and I'm going to travel the world. And I said, okay, well, that's a very nice ambition to have. I said, but you know how much do you have right now? And she's like, oh, I only have 15K. And I was like, well, that's not enough to travel the world on. She's like, oh, I'm planning on going and getting um, a loan as well to kind of help with that. So I said, okay, well, you know what? If this is your dream, I wish you the best. And um, she was like, oh, you should follow me on social media so you can see all of my my adventures. I said, sure, no problem, no problem at all. And you know what? That's exactly what she did. She went on the 15K that she saved got rid of everything, got a loan, and went on uh, traveling for a full year, and she posted it up, and I was so very happy for her, but I kept thinking in my head, once this this year-long travel session to travel the world because this is your goal is done, and you come back, you don't have a place to live, you don't have any furniture, you also have no money, you also don't have a job. So in my mind, I kept thinking, are, I bet there's so many people out there that have truly fell for this campaign of living your best life 
and traveling and going to all these expensive places and resorts and snapping these pictures and buying all these outfits to show off on social media and they don't understand that somehow they are they are building the tourism industry by doing this and they're putting themselves in debt just to post pictures on social media and so when i i think about um missing out this is what i feel that some of these people are thinking especially if you're single you're thinking that you know you could go on these trips you can meet the love of your life you could travel with the love of your life i don't know whose money is going to be you know banking on for this travel session for you and the love of your life that you met in some country but most likely yours because you know let's be real it's your money that's going to be paving his way around the world because you picked him up and he saw easy target but no comment because a lot of people would claim that you know meeting a man on vacation is is the dream you know you found love and then you go off and you travel together and his ass has no money and then when the trip's over you come back to real life and all of a sudden you realize the relationship isn't working and y'all break up and blah 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 you know the rest of the story but that's what i feel that a lot of single people might be feeling about missing out is is those types of opportunity to live like you're rich and a lot of people don't understand that it's marketing and that type of marketing benefited anyone but you. I'm glad you got your memories, but it benefited everyone but you because you're in debt. You don't have a job. You don't have a place and you're stuck with a dude that doesn't have any money either. Number nine on the list, fear of heightened expectations. Success creates new standard and expectations. We all can get stressed about that. When you are successful, you raise the bar. Others begin to expect more from you and hold you accountable for higher performance level than you were delivering before. The fear of success is about fearing pressure and refusing accountability. I wish I could add to this, but I feel like all of us have this fear. Um, some people embrace it when they come into the workplace and some, you know, embrace it and realize they can't deal with it. Some embrace it and they flourish in it. But I can say that a lot of people fall into this category when it comes to fear of heightened expectations. I have my own expectations and that's the only expectations I have to live up to. My expectations of myself is very high. So I wish I can say I fall into this category, but I'm the one that's putting myself in a situation where I have to level up in every situation. And when I level up, I have to keep it consistent. So I don't know if that's a fear. Um, it sound, to me, it, it's more of that's kind of the person that I, I want to be portrayed as. Someone who can do it and successfully do it all the time. So the last one, as per Forbes, is fear of feeling excitement i think what they actually wrote was fear feelings of excitement so i i hope that makes it makes sense i'm not even going to ask you and or say i hope it makes sense it, it makes sense excitement and nervousness um, share many of the same physical reactions i disagree but i will continue when we have been through enough trauma we start to avoid situations that trigger memories of fear that i agree with 
Because of this trauma, victims can tend to avoid excitement, which leads to them avoiding success. That is quite true, but I feel that feelings, a fear, feelings of excitement should be changed to disappointments because when you are a victim of trauma and memories being triggered, it's, it's kind of, it's not excitement that you're feeling. It's, it's, it's a, it's the disappointment that comes with it that really triggers you the most. But you know what? We're just going to leave that there and, and continue with, with something else. Um, I would also like to change excitement to, you know, hope. So there's so many other terms that they could have used instead of excitement. Um, fear of feelings or fear feelings of hope. There is an excitement to hope. A lot of people make decisions based on hope and can withstand anything because of hope. Being hopeful can come with great memories if things work out and bad memories some traumatic memories as well that feeling of disappointment as i mentioned before when what you hoped for does not work out and defeat overwhelms you because of your trauma you will end up going into a deep depression and experiencing sadness you are overwhelmed with negative emotion because deep down you knew it was too good to be true but you were hopeful. No one wants to experience that. It is not a good feeling. I told a family member that I have seen people destroy themselves because they were hopeful. They let down their own expectations, not realizing that their expectations were too high. You cannot control an outcome. You can't fantasize about the result and expect it to happen the way you envisioned it it's just not possible life does not work that way it you you can either be pleasantly surprised by the outcome because it's more than what you've expected or you can be disappointed there's only two options it's never going to be exactly the way you envisioned it ever people don't fear success people fear the consequences of success expectations of success are often based on the ideas that achieving your goal means making sacrifices and enduring losses. People are weary of what success might cost them. That is my biggest fear when it comes to success. What will it cost me? In this world, you have to give to receive. Nothing is, is successful without sac sacrifice. If you give up something you didn't really want, then that isn't a sacrifice. But I am afraid of what I will lose that I may not be able to get it back. During this time of reset, and I keep going back to that because reset has really put me in a situation where I had to reflect on all areas and that included fear. I have had to change my mindset on what I feared. It may hurt to lose whatever I sacrifice now. And that's kind of the conversation that I had with myself. But why couldn't I receive better as a result of that? Why is my limit of the best I could receive? Why does it have to end here? Like if I sacrifice something, I can't get any better. Why? We lose things, people and time every day. 
yet we are afraid of this sacrifice, not realizing that we are already doing it, but we are not paying attention. The fear of sacrificing could hold anyone back. All of these fears are our perception. It's mind-based. We're, we're already doing it. We, we're just not paying attention. We think that what we're doing isn't a sacrifice. You're already doing it. So I just want to say that for me personally, my biggest fear of success is the sacrificing. And it took me a while. And I mean, this episode, I have been meditating on it for a good two months before I wrote it. And like I said earlier in the podcast episode, I spoke to my family and my friends about it just to kind of have them answer the question, what is your fear of success? And, you know, I remember even with my cousin in Philly, we were talking about it and she just kind of list all the areas that she could feel that she fears and that could limit her uh, her success. But she had said to me, she's like, I don't believe that fear of success actually exists because no one truly fears success. They fear certain aspects about it, the consequences of it, but not success itself. And she's completely right. I don't fear success. I just fear getting out of my comfort zone and putting myself in situations that might be compromising. And I don't really want to do that. So I'm trying to figure out how to not do that and still receive success. But that's not going to happen if I don't sacrifice it to get to the success. So I'm telling you, my family members and I had a field day talking about this. That's for sure. So I did see something online where it talked about characteristics of fears of success. Um, The first one was lack of goals, uh, giving up, uh, procrastination slash laziness, lack of motivation, poor discipline, self-handicapping. So people may place obstacles in in their own path that decreases their chances of doing well. These behaviors can range from minor acts of self-sabotage to more selfish, self-destructive self-destructive behavior. And so I kind of feel like we've covered a lot of these points and a lot of topics that we have, you know, talked about on this podcast. So I can't really say it's a characteristic of fear of success when most of these things kind of fall into a lot of mental health issues that we have been talking about in majority of the episodes on this podcast. So I take all of this with a grain of salt and I hope you do too. Um, But I hope you do, you know, take a lot more from this podcast episode than than just the characteristics like these we've already covered these and they fall into so many different categories including victim mentality so let's not not even go there so having a warrior mindset and a healthy emotional wellness helps in overcoming these fears your fear will always feel bigger than they are but it is not It is all in your mind or your memories. Don't let your thoughts rule you. So I hope this podcast episode has been a blessing to you. I know that, I don't know if you can hear that I'm losing my voice a little bit, but the weather is killing me. So this concludes the podcast episode. Thank you for supporting the Orchid Blooms podcast. Please uh, subscribe, 
follow, rate, and leave a review on your favorite podcast episode or on your favorite platform to listen to the podcast episode if they allow it. We also have social media pages, so subscribe and follow Orchid Bloom's YouTube channel, The Ambitious Obsession Network on Facebook, at The Ambitious Ops on Twitter, The Ambitious Net on Instagram. Don't forget to share your favorite episode with your family and your friends, and I hope you have a splendid day.